y'all doing this evening yeah yeah welcome to the mjb music with jb podcast i'm mario j brown singer songwriter and ceo of mjb music and i am jb aka james buford <laughs> pastor musician uh some other stuff in between there but yeah i do a lot but i'm also the cmo of mjb music and i'm glad to be here that's right. So check it out. We started this podcast for you to bring you everything music, education, and culture. So um, basically what we've done is we've reached out to several industry contacts, relationships that I've built over the years and just had them come on the show to bring you um, just a lot of good information, giving you free game, stuff that you'll be able to take and utilize and just advance your career. So James, tell them some of the things that they can expect when they tune into the podcast. Well, when you tune into the podcast, we'll get valuable information from industry professionals such as engineers, photographers, uh, songwriters, producers, uh, musicians, MDs, like all spectrums of the, the music game. We're going to get several, uh, a lot of input from a lot of different people. A lot of knowledge will be dropped. And so, yeah, buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be live. It's going to be on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great, man. We've had some awesome guests so far, man. People have just come on and we've got some uh, valuable tips. They've been giving information on, you know, how do you uh, make it as long as they have in this industry. There's so many things that you need to know uh, just to further advance your career. And tonight won't be any different. We got such a special guest and I can't wait to introduce them. But um, so we want you guys to feel free to chime in ask questions. Uh, We got watch parties going on. It's live here on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, Instagram is coming. So uh, yeah, yeah, we want you guys to feel free to engage with us and make sure that you, uh, if you got questions that you want to ask, answered from our guest tonight, put it in the chat so we can make sure that we get your question answered. Yeah, but today, 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 tonight, our forecast for tonight. Thank you. Again, you guys can be doing so many other things right now, but you're up, you're laying down, you're in the bed, you're chilling. And uh, you tuned in with us tonight, so we thank you. We, we value your time, so we're going to make it worth your while. Um, tonight's discussion will be studio sessions and engineering. Um, Chad C. Note Roper is the CEO of Big Sound Music. After graduating with high regards, earning a bachelor's degree, a bachelor's of science degree in chemical, in chemical industrial engineering from Florida A&M University. His lifelong passion for music kicked in. Roper got his start as engineer and vocal producer to hit maker Rico Love. Turn the lights on. Roper has gone on to work with the likes of Jamie Foxx, Backstreet Boys, Brandy, Estelle, Rihanna. Man, the list goes on and on and on. Um, So he'll tell you a little bit about that. But first, JB, tell us what's going on in our culture, man. What's the news flash moment of the day? There's so much going on. What's what's happening? It's so much going on. Um, I know I just want to give uh, respects to Representative John Lewis. Uh, He passed uh, a couple weeks, uh, a couple days ago, but he just recently had his funeral. He was a civil rights activist and and leader. 
Um, and so what was cool, I thought that they did, was when they uh, marched this, uh, they had a processional and they marched them over the bridge, the last, the, the, the bridge that they, uh, the Selma Bridge that he uh, yeah. crossed over during the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, they say that he was one of the last of the uh, original civil rights activists. And so um, they laid him to rest today. And so we just, uh, uh, our hats off to him, uh, condolences to his family and everyone. Oh, much love and respect to uh, John Lewis. Yeah, man, he's getting the respect that he's deserved. Absolutely. And, um, you know, his his life is he's leaving a legacy behind. So we we, we just th- we're thankful for his life. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because that's that's a special moment that needs to be recognized. Absolutely. And so today, man, without you know, we want to go into our music education topic of yeah. today for Excited. today. Um, so we're talking about studio sessions and engineering. So, James, tell me why you feel uh having a professional engineer is important. Notice I said professional engineer. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, in my, in my engineering days, uh, my studio engineering days, well, <laughs> home studio engineering days, uh, you definitely, um, know the difference. Uh, uh, professional studios have the gear that, um, can allow you to, to give clarity to your vocals give clarity to your sounds. One of the worst things you want to have is on a record, you got hissing going on in the background, you got stuff going on in the background and you can't and you can't hear right and you got crackling and all stuff going on. One thing about a professional engineer, not only just on that aspect of it, but a good engineer knows how to bring the best out of you as well um, in engineering. And so uh, doing it yourself at home by yourself, sometimes you don't uh, dig as deep as you can when you have an engineer, uh, a professional engineer. He not only knows his gear, or the gear that he's using, but they also know how to bring the best uh, for the best recording uh, aspect of it. Yeah, and I'll speak from an artist standpoint, man. Um, you know, it's just so valuable to have to work with an engineer that is familiar with the equipment. Absolutely. Because it's nothing worse than you getting the vibe, man. Vibe is everything. You start vibing and then you get with an engineer that's like, oh, hold on. So they, they got to, you know, change settings and change this and change that and it breaks your flow. Um, so. One of uh, I'm glad I've had an opportunity to work with uh, with Chad because um, <laughs> that's where I'm most comfortable because he knows he knows me I know him I know his style and he knows my style so we're able to kind of get things together efficiently whereas you know in some other cases it may take just unnecessary time if you know what I mean so yeah man without further ado let's welcome our guest my friend my brother my best friend Godfather to my son. The one and only Chad C. Note Roper. Woo-hoo. Welcome, bro. What's good? What's good, gentlemen? How y'all feeling today, man? This evening, I should say this. The Midnight Musical uh, Podcast is what y'all should change the name to. Cause <laughs> they talk about we going to start at 9 and 10 o'clock Eastern time. I said, man, I'll be sleeping by 8. What, what y'all are doing out here, man? <laughs> <laughs> man, thank you for, thank you for uh, staying up tonight, man, and joining us, bro. We really appreciate it. We appreciate it. <laughs> you know you used to the Midnight Musical. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But before we, before we get into it, man, let me shout out Tony Cole, who's watching Anthony McGahee, uh, Kenya. We got cert- a lot of people that were just on here. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. If you got questions, be sure to uh, enter them in, in any of our chats and we'll make sure we address them. But um, to our listeners, man, that's out there and uh, are not familiar with Chad Cena Roper, first of all, bro, tell them, tell them where you're from. From the Mil- Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We call it the Mill Town, baby. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's where I got my start at in Milwaukee, man. 414, baby. On this yeah. journey... Chad, tell us, uh, on this journey to become Chad C-Note Roper, I want you to take us down the path, man. What have you gone through to get where you are? 
A lot of people, they see you um, where you are now, but have no idea what it takes to be you and what it t- took to get to where you are. So can you just take us down the path from, you know, an early start to where you are now? Right. So in the beginning stages, um, obviously me and Mario known each other for years. So um, we was in a group, me, Jermaine, right out, Mario. And for, for the record, New Creation had a hundred members because every year we had new members. You know what I'm saying? But the the main the main character uh, members, I to say characters. The main members, me, you, they were some characters. Uh, you know. Jermaine, right? <laughs> the main uh, right out. Um, we had I, I, uh, Dre flipping, um, and I think that was the main four originally. I think. And then we ended up adding Snoop, which is Dre Riley. And yeah. so we started back then, and we used to work with a gentleman by the name of Darnell Brown. So when we was in the studio with Darnell off of, off of Fatherlack, he was the first one to introduce us to Pro Tools. And at the time, Pro Tools was hard to get. It wasn't There was no such thing as a home version. There was only a studio version, and Darnell had the studio version. So when we, be, when we would be recording our songs... Uh, Perilous Times, Can't Take No More, and all them type of songs we used to have back in the day. Uh, Darnell would um, w- would be recording everything, but I would be standing over his shoulder seeing what he was doing, and I would be asking what he was doing. What, what, what you doing, man? What you doing? We was kids. We was like 15, 14, 15, 16, and was singing in the Wisconsin State Youth Choir at the same time. So I would ask Darnell, what you doing? What's that? Why did you do that? Why did you do this? So I was kind of yeah. like picking up things at the time. So fast forward. So for the record, I owe my engineering abilities, my start to Darnell Brown. Wow. He played bass. He did, yeah. So if y'all know, anytime I see Darnell, OG. I always post him, OG Darnell, because he was the one who actually got me really started into the game of engineering. So fast forward, me and John, I, oh, well, I, I, was in, I was in college in, in, uh, in FAMU in Tallahassee. And that's where I met Rico. I didn't know Rico in Milwaukee because I'm, I'm older than him. So I, I met him in, in Tallahassee. So we had this thing in Tallahassee called The Set. And that's where everybody would go hang out at. So I, they, my homeboy from Detroit would say, yo, you got to come uh, hear this dude from Milwaukee. That you, Since you're from Milwaukee, come here to do Milwaukee from Milwaukee named Rico Love Rap. Mm. So I, I walk up to The Set. And, and the skinny version of me and the skinny version <laughs> with hair of me and Rico was at, on the set. You know what I'm saying? So he he rapping, doing his thing. And he reminded me of like a Jay-Z because he had, because he spent so much time in New York with his pops that he, just, he had a New York vibe to him. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, you from Milwaukee? I'm from Milwaukee. But at the time, I was the older dude. I had been there. I was like a junior. I had a car. I had a crib. So I'm like, bro, come kick it. Come hang out with me on the weekend. Uh, let's go hang out to the, to the Applebee's or whatever. So yeah. when we went to eat, find out he's a, a, a songwriter, an artist. So I'm like, he like, I take the Greyhound to Atlanta. I'm like, well, dog, I go to Atlanta to kick it with my homeboy, Brie Love, who's now an attorney. At the time, he was college student. So I said, I go kick it with Brie Love. You can just ride with me. So we would drive back and forth from Tallahassee to Atlanta. And then the, the first day, the time I, I, I took him, I went to the studio with him because he said, I'm going to go to the studio. That's how I met Cersei was the first time I took him. I met Cersei. So we go to the studio uh, and I'm singing the hooks. song, The worst song in history called It's All in the Wrist. I'm on the hook singing. It's all in the wrist. Like, it's the worst song in history, bro. <laughs> but then again, Enrico rapping, you know what I'm saying? So then again, 
that's my that's another introduction to engineering because the dude named Chuck, who was the producer, was also the engineer. So that was another introduction. But I had some skills from from what Darnell had showed me in the past. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I graduate uh, high school uh, college, and Rico goes off and writes the stuff for Usher. I'm skipping a lot of spot because at the time, me and John had a studio called Big Sound Studios on 44th and Hampton. It was a crib. Yes, it was Ann Val's house. And, and and we rented it so that we can have a studio there. So we would have a studio. And that's how I honed my skills. I would have Lachey, Mario, Franny, Franny Archie, uh, numerous people, Dre Riley, coming in recording. And I was learning how to record there, messing up. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember the one time we was at uh, DC and Warhouse. We had put like a little, a little makeshift studio in DC and Warhouse. And me and Shay had recorded this song called Special to Me. We recorded the whole song. Mind you, I can't mix or nothing at the time. And I press a button and delete everything. So we got to record the whole song (laughs) over from scratch. And Shay wasn't even mad. Shay was like, well, let's just do it over. Like, we were just geeked to have the equipment to record. Because my auntie Sue had gave me the money to buy $15,000 worth of equipment. Wow. So, um... Long story, fast forward. I'm trying to keep it going because I know it's a podcast. You got to get there. So long story short, um, after college, Rico go his way. I'm teaching at Holy Redeemer. We got the studio. Uh, Reggie Brown, uh, Shea goes on making the band. Reggie Brown takes us on, on, on the, put us on the, uh, making the, uh, the Reggie Brown Smooth as Butter show on the afternoon. Yeah. And after she get kicked off, Rico calls in. Man, at this time, man, Rico hadn't spoken in like two years. So he calls in. It was like, yo, from Atlanta, Reggie had got him on. It's like, yo, Chad treated me so good when we was in uh in college. Uh, he used to pick me up, take me to Atlanta, back and forth to Atlanta. Uh, we would go. He would take me out to eat. I would go out to eat. Would have no money. He'd pay for the food. Blah blah blah. So he kind of told some stories we had back in the day from from when we grew up in college. And and that story says to me, you cannot treat. It. My grandfather used to say to me. Always treat the janitor like the CEO because one day the janitor just might be the CEO. Wow. At that time, Rico was the janitor. Wow. He was just a new artist trying to do something. I just showed him love because he's from the mill. So can you imagine if I'd have treated him like garbage, how our relationship probably would have been these days. We probably would never work together. But because I treated him as if he was somebody then, when he became somebody, you know, you kind of get the reciprocal effect if it's the right kind of individual. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, um, so when he called in, he said, "I want to. I, I got to come visit my grandmother. I'm gonna come to the meal, and I want to come write Shay a song since I know you you rocking with Shay. And Shay went to school with my sister Kashanda. So I'm like, cool. So he fly in the next week. We getting going to the uh, to the Big Sound on 44th, and Jermaine creates the track. Jermaine right out creates the track for Let's Not Talk About It. And it's my first time ever really seeing him write R&B because I'm used to him rapping. So he gets in there and he literally just freestyle the host not, not freestyle but he just writes the song off the top of his head no mm-hmm. pen no paper or nothing and when I met when we used to work uh, work when he was a rapper he would write stuff down in the very beginning stuff, you know what I'm saying right. so yeah. I'm like how is he writing these songs he would like record uh, record the idea he'd just do a melody and then he'd come back and then he'd come back let's not talk about it now Maybe we should make love. Oh, and then he go go back. Let's not talk about it. We can do without it. Let's not talk about it. Not like I'm like, damn, how, how is he doing this? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So long story short, he he writes the song, but he can't vocal produce. Well, I can. 
I didn't know it was called vocal production at the time. It's just making the song sound good is what we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Never knew you can get a check for it. Right. So yeah. I cut, so he, him, bit Mad Money L leave, and me and Shay, Shay writes the second verse, and um, we cut the song. I do my mix of what I know of mixing at the time, and it actually turned out pretty dope. So then uh, I, V100 has this big thing where they bring Tank in, Mother's Day brunch or something like that. So I, I, I tell Bailey, she wants me to, she wants to hire a big sound to do the sound. So instead of taking the $2,000 from, from V100 to do the sound, I said to her, if you listen to this, if you just listen to this demo and give me your opinion, I do it for free. She's like, what? I'm like, if you listen to this demo that I did, we'll do it for free. She's like, that's a deal. Of course, we're going to take They're going to say $2,000. She's going to look like a genius. Right. She actually listened to the demo and actually liked it. So instead of taking the $2,000, I ended up building a relationship with her, like as far as a business relationship. So um, nothing nothing happened after that. We do the sound for Tank, and we know Tank. I did it because I knew Tank from back in the day. So I was like, I just got a chance to just kick it with him. You know what I'm saying? And uh, long story short, Bailey says her son at the time, Kendall, who's like a 22-year-old man right now. Yes. Uh, he picks the song up as a, as a, as a picks the CD up as a four-year-old or five-year-old kid and keeps saying, can you play this? Can you play this? It was Let's Not Talk About It. Wow. So she ends up calling me and saying, my son keeps requesting this, wanting to hear this song in the car. I want to try to test it out on the radio. Now, yeah. mind you, had I would have just taken the $2,000 and never gave her the, the disc, that never occurs. Mm. So long story, speed fast forward. The song is in rotation. Rico calls. He's like, "Yo, the song you record, you finished the song." I said, "Yeah, bro." He said, "Send it to me." He said, my man said he heard it on the radio. I said, "Yeah, I, I couldn't pay you. I couldn't afford to pay you what your fee was because at the time he was on Usher's uh, Confessions album and it sold like ten million. So at least I could do is try to help make some money." Yeah. So I sent him the song. He said, "Who wrote and produced it?" I said, "Me." He said, "Who engineered it?" I mean, "Who mixed it?" I said, "Me." He's like, you can do that? I'm like, bruh, what you thought I was going to do not do nothing with the song? Right. So he's like, man, when you get to, at the time I was a teacher, and it was like May, so we was getting ready to get out of school for the summer. He's like, man, you should come down to the A and rock with me for a month or so. I said, but I'll be there. I get out on this date. So I go down, sleep at his, between his house and Mario Love house. I stayed the whole, like, damn near the whole summer, and I literally was just sleeping on couches, just cutting records with him, demo with him in detail, and Pierre, the corner boys. Yeah. Fast forward. I'm getting good as I'm cutting songs with Shay and learning. Then I become who you are, who you know today. And my first session was Jamie Foxx. Wow. So he like, man, I want to fly you to LA to come engineer the session. I got a session with Jamie Foxx. So I fly out to LA. And then obviously Shay come out because Shay, in case he needs some background, he said, make sure you bring Shay. So me and Shay fly out to LA. Now at the time, we was doing buddy passes. We was buddy pass heavy. <laughs> like we we would buy 10 buddy passes at a time so we can have more deck whenever we got to go. Right. Yeah. And mind you, while I'm teaching, I would fly back and forth to Atlanta too to work. So we kept buddy passed up. So anyway, we get in the studio with Jamie Foxx. It's me, Jamie Foxx, Shay, Rico, and DJ Toop. And then DJ Toop engineered. So when D- when it was time for DJ Toop to do what he do, his engineer uh, do everything. And then when it's time for Rico to write or record vocals, I would record. So it was like a dual engineer situation. Mm-hmm. So I find the Toop engineer because the producer always starts the session. So once his engineer get up, I sit down and and, and uh, it's a song called "It's a Hell of a Life." So Jamie Foxx getting the booth and start cutting vocals, and me and Rico was cutting. And then so Toon was going out the room. So he come back and he heard the harmony arrangement and everything. And then he heard how to crispy the vocals. He's like, "Who who uh, who mixed the vocals?" I'm like, "This a rough." Rico like, "This a rough. This ain't no mix." He was like, "Man, hey, he he, he sent his engineer 
to do some other stuff so I could just do the whole session myself because my stuff sounded so much better than what he, his, his engineer like do all rap. So he heard that, he was like, oh my God. So he was like, so uh, so he was basically trying to take me to work with him instead of working. We was like, oh no, this is my engineer, bro. Don't even try, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the whole time we and Jamie Foxx in there making jokes, having a good time. But mind you, when I first get in there, I'm nervous as a in oh, church, you know, yeah. you know what the blank is. <laughs> so I'm so nervous, bro. I'm sweating, you know. It's it's 25 degrees because all studios are freezing cold. So it's 25 degrees now, but I'm sweating like it's 200 because I'm nervous. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. And so after, so Jamie Foster could tell, so he just break the ice, making jokes, clowning. The, that, that earlier that day we had went to the foxhole uh, where he had the, the the radio show, the foxhole, but he had Kevin Hart was his his um his guest that day. So Kevin mm-hmm. Hart lighting everybody else. So he's talking about that to kind of lighten the mood in yeah. the studio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So long story short, that went well. And that was my first like big session. And my fee for that was $1,500, but it was like four days. So I really wasn't making no real bread. So I, this was October. January come, I never got paid. So Rico say, yo, so you get your money? I'm like, bro, I ain't never got paid. He's like, what? So he called, he called Jamie Foxx and sweat him like, bro, how y'all going to not do my man like this? Blah, 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 blah. So Jamie Foxx calls me. So I'm like, hello? He's like, it's Jamie Foxx. I'm like, yeah, right. Quit playing. He's like, no, really, it's me. Rico told me you didn't get paid. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't. Or whatever he said. I, Fox told don't do business like this. On Monday, you'll have an envelope come to your house. The man sent $3,000. It's supposed to $1,500. I thought he made a mistake. So I called the number back and say, bro, you sent the wrong amount of money. He's like, no, no, no. I paid you that because I don't want you to think we do business like that. Wow. I gave you, I doubled it because I don't want to be a bad name on us because you can tell anybody that we did you wrong. And I just want to make sure I cleared up because we don't do business like that. So that yeah. just showed me integrity right in the beginning. And this is when he was the like hot as a fish grease, James. Like, this ain't like he was on his way up. He was already <laughs> a superstar. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. it just showed me that if somebody at that caliber takes integrity that serious, it means a lot to be in, have integrity throughout the whole industry. <laughs> so, basically, that's kind of like a little quick caption mm-hmm. of the journey that I've, I've been through, you know what I'm saying, as far as getting into the, going from being a new creation, looking over the shoulder of Darnell Brown, to actually being in a session with, you know, my first big session with Jamie Foxx, you know what I'm saying? Wow. wow that's yeah, that's incredible. huge. What a story, man. That's a that's a way to break it to the industry. The first artist is Jamie Foxx. Everybody right. can't say and that, he, man. That's, and and that's, he was hot too at the time. Yeah, yeah that's for real, bro. <laughs> you know what, man? You talked about uh, him lightening the mood, and, and it kind of sparked something in me. What characteristics do you feel an engineer needs to have when dealing with um, either major or local artists? And I'm asking that because um, I know that it takes a certain personality. You know, you have to have a certain character to be able to work with, you know, different, uh, different people. Everybody's different. So what characteristics do you feel, um, uh, are su- help you to become successful as an engineer? And, uh, when you're dealing with either major or even local artists, what does it take? Well, it, 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 first thing it takes is the ability to read the room. You got to take, take what people's moods are when they walk in and then depending on what type of work you're doing, what, where the mood needs to be. That's the first thing you so you gotta be very observe observant. Um with me it's a little different because I'm able to do more than just engineer. And most people, they only can do one thing. So most engineers are only that. With me, I can vocal produce the record, I can produce the record, you know what I'm saying? I can even change the right on the writing tip. So it's it's like you're getting more aspects of it. So the comfort zone for me would be different than somebody who's just an engineer because a lot of times 
when engineers come in the room, they feel like the bottom of the totem pole, mm-hmm. even though they're responsible for making the whole thing yeah. go. But like somebody like me, I come in there like I'm running the show because a lot of times, it depends on the session, I'm pretty much running the show. Even even if somebody, let's say if I'm working with Rico, if he leaves, we don't stop working because he just walk out the room. I still right. go. I still got to keep cutting. I don't care if it's like one time he was working with Usher. He st- he he gone or whatever. He doing something. He, he in another room right with JD, and I'm in there. With, it's just me and Usher in there. So I got to keep keep it moving. Or um, if, if if when I even when like when I was working with Sounds with Rihanna or with um, with Brandy or whoever the artist is, you know, even something I'm doing on my own. It doesn't matter. You have to be able to read the room or read the artist that you're working with. And a lot yeah. of times. Um, the art, the energy of the artist will dictate the energy of the music you do. But you got to make sure that your energy is always up top because a lot of one thing people don't know about artists is artists are very insecure, so they mm-hmm. need to feel secure when they're doing something. I know that as a vocal producer, when I, sometimes I'll come into a session just to vocal producer, I won't even be engineering, and I can tell the mood of the artist and that they're that they're iffy about certain things. And I won't say the artist's name, but I'll tell you the situation. For example, it was an artist who had some things going on, family issues going on, but they had to get the record done because it was too, it needed to be turned in to be mixed. So I had to fight through what they was going through personally to get the vocals I needed. Mm-hmm. And then just took their vocals, all the vocals that I was able to cut, uh, you know, the different tapes and everything I was able to get. I just took those tapes and, and put together the song so it sounded like that person sung it all the way through. And I had to do that for, with, with the female artist because she was going through some things at home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, you got to be able to um, read the room and read the artist. And then charisma is a big key because if you like a dull ass engineer, don't nobody want you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean the customer. No, you, if you're you a dull could. engineer, <laughs> you, you, um, you got to make sure that your energy matches the room because a lot of times they, if let's say in my case, I never had to be like an engineer who go from studio to studio. But if you're one of those type of engineers who get your work off of being in different rooms, then a lot of times you won't get booked because people are like dude always or or she always down or he never up. So that's a key. And then you got to realize it's a gift you're sharing. You're in a service position even though you're doing engineering. So you got to make sure your goal ain't to tell somebody what to do, your goal is to give options. So for example, if you go into a restaurant, they give you the options that they have on the menu. So what you have to do as an engineer is give your professional opinion, which are options. You always give an A and a B. I can make your vocals more bright, but I also, but but if I do that, then when they mix and master, it may sound too bright. And then now you miss, you losing the thickness of the vocal. So you always give options too. And that's always something more people when people have knowledge of something that someone else doesn't, so if you're a mechanic and you know about fixing brakes and a, a, a customer is asking you about brakes because you have the knowledge of brakes, sometimes you'll let that ego, that little bit of power, give you an ego. And you can't do that when you're in the studio. You got to give options at all times. Otherwise, a lot of times you'll find yourself not working. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. key. So it's safe to say that you have to wear many hats and it's just not about the, the skill that you have as it relates to right. the board. Um, because what I've learned too is you, it takes a lot of patience too, you know, because not all, every artist is different. And then, like you said, they may come in, they may be dealing with one thing or another, or even just skill levels are different. You know, um, you're working with a tank opposed to, or usher opposed to, you know, maybe a local artist is just starting out as an engineer. You have to have so much patience, man, because 
you may get used to the, the efficiency. Yeah, the right. efficiency of working with a tank or somebody that knows how to. But then you go with a new artist, and you know you can't right. you can't show that you're frustrated and getting bored. Like, man, how many times you it's gonna take you to get this right. done? So, right. I, man, I think that's key, man. It's valuable that you have to, um, you know, have many characteristics. So, I think uh, that question was answered well, and I'm hoping that. You know, if there are any engineers that's on the line are listening, because it's not just about what you can do. Like he just kind of mentioned, like you almost got to be a therapist in certain situations. You know, you got to read the room. The the way I look at it also is it's kind of like I use the attorney scenario. So um, the audience that listens to the music is the jury. um, And the artist is the defendant trying to plead his case to the jury. Everybody else, the producer, the, the vocal producer, whatever, we are the, the attorney team for that artist to be able to translate what his song is to the jury so that the jury will give him a not guilty vote, verdict, which means they actually like the song. So that, to me, is the key. You have to look at yourself as being able to translate things for people. A lot of times we hire attorneys because we don't know the jargon that's in the contract. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So we need somebody who knows who's familiar with that language. The same concept applies when it comes to music. We need somebody who's familiar with the language of music, whether it's sonics, whether it's a melody, whether it's top line or uh, or the lyrical content. We need to make sure that that's official so that the jury understands what's going on and actually gives us a not guilty verdict, which means it's a good record. They like the song. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, sir. JB? Hey, so how, you know, I, I used to have a, a, a little project studio at the crib, and uh, um, the biggest thing was trying to, to trying to buy the right stuff for it. Uh, and I know you're, so I guess my first question would be, what's your what's your opinion on, on, on project studios? Uh, you know, people that's coming up in the ranks and trying to trying to get a project studio. How, how, what would you, what would you say to that person? What I would say is make sure you get the right equipment and don't just buy stuff to be buying it. Because, for example, over the pandemic, I mixed like 107 songs in my house. Wow. So it's because I know what I need. I didn't have to get all this extra unnecessary stuff. I got just what I need to get sonically what I was looking for when I was mixing the record. Now, if you record, you want to make sure you got a... If your mic ain't official, you want to at least make sure your preamp is official. As long as you got a mic that ain't making no noise, as long as your preamp, your preamp is going to do all the work. So you want to make sure you got a 737 Avalon. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. That's going to give you a nice, warm, clean sound. Then you, then you want to make sure you got plugins in your Pro Tools or your Logic, whatever you're recording in. And then you want to make sure that your power, your computer has the CPU and the gig power to, to, to run a, a smooth, you know, a smooth session. Those are elements. And then, this is what I don't understand is how you an artist or a songwriter you go record these songs but you don't have your own hard drive with your material on it. So you depend on the studio to hold your material. If they hard drive crash, you dead. Wow. So that's another thing. You got to have your own external hard drive. Like, it's just, to me, I think it's common sense. I'm not doing no songs with nobody without it being on my hard drive. I don't care who it is. I don't even, it's Usher. I, got, I, got, I can go play low Usher vocals right now from what we recorded that ain't never came out. But it's on my hard drive. You know what I'm saying? Right. I got it right now. You know, I, I got Brandy on my hard I, I got so many artists on my hard drive right now that you got to have it. They can have a copy too now, but I got to have a copy because it's my intellectual property on there. So I don't understand how people let a lot of their intellectual property to be everywhere else, but in their possession. It's crazy to me. I don't understand it. I never will. I don't want to understand it. 
<laughs> so you should make sure you have an external hard drive. You know what I'm saying as well. The 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 pieces of equipment equipment like Apple G converters and now that's on you. It's just what kind of sounds you like, how you want your spot to look. But you clarity is key. Plugins are key. External hard drive is key, and computer power. Those are the key elements. Everything else is subject to change. Sure, got you, got you. Let's talk sessions for a minute, man. Um, yeah. As a as a mixing engineer, when you get sessions from an artist that you know they they want mixed, how do you um, prefer it to come across? And um, I guess what I'm saying is, I know that there's a certain. Um, I know. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly I, what you're saying. So yeah, speak to that. So when when you want to get your song mixed by somebody. First of all, if you get in the mix, you don't want it to be a two-track. Unless the two-track is, most producers mix a two-track. But if you want to get a, a professional mix that's going to be, especially if somebody like me touching it, you want to give me every element that could be touched, that could be volume controlled. So you want to give me the kick, the snare, the hi-hat, the soul, and so forth. Then all the vocals split up so that I have total control, whether it's adding breaks, whether it's doing whatever. Sonically, I can, I can do a lot of things with that. So you want to make sure, and you want to make sure it's already in the session before you send it to the mix engineer, because then you'll call him and be like, hey, my, my vocals sound a little bit behind. Your fault, dog. You should have put the music and the vocals in the same session and made everything on point. My job ain't to move nudge. My job is to mix. My job ain't to do no nudging. You know what I'm saying? So now I ain't going to want to fool with you no more. I bet you did. After I nudge one time, and then get you right, I'm, ne- I'm always booked every time you need something else done. I don't care how much you're paying, because at the end of the day, I want to be able to do this as fast as possible and as efficient as possible. So that's key, is to make sure the music and the vocals are in the same session, lined up already. So all I got to do is get my, do my thing if I'm mixing it. You know what I'm saying? And most yeah. people want to... The vocals is all over the place. It's vocals that's not even supposed to be... Man, why that's in there? Because you left it unmuted, my brother. If it's not supposed to be in a session, delete it. Mm. Send me only vocals that need to be in the session. Anything is on the screen, I'm thinking it's supposed to be there. Because I didn't write the song, I didn't produce the song, I didn't work produce the song. If I'm just a mixed engineer at that point. So that's how you want to send your sessions. You know so what, what I mean? about the what about the cleanliness of it? Because I know you're you're real particular on how things look when it when it comes across. Can you talk about that? Yeah, you, you, if 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 it's extra spaces, like let's say if you do your, your verse and then you got you know, two bars of unnecessary of 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 of, of um, wave that's not even doing nothing. Why don't you cut it, clean up the session? So, like like when Mario sent me something, I'm like dog, clean, I ain't, I ain't making this. Clean the session up and send it back to me. Because at the end of the day, I'm I want to get done as fast as possible. It's gonna be right, but I don't want to take an hour cleaning the session and then mixing when I could have just spent the hour mixing the record and been done in two. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being done in four because I got to clean the session up. So you want to make sure anything, all the hooks, should, it should look like Tetris. There was a game that came out when we was young called Tetris. It should be that neat that it looked like a Tetris game. And that it, all the hooks should have the exact same amount of everything unless something is added, you know, later on in the letter hooks. But it should all be laid out neatly, man. That's that's key. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to switch gears for a moment. Um, with such a busy and hectic schedule, man, how do you balance uh, your home and work life? Because um, you are, I mean, people, like I said, they may not you, know you. You are married, right? Of course. Yes. So the, the way you the way you do is, uh, the way I do it is, the way I'm learning to do it, because you, you, there's never, a, there's nothing, there's never a balance, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's like nearly impossible to do a balance. But what you should do, what I do is, I make sure, somebody's trying to call me, my bad, y'all. Um, you make sure that 
you know what's try to figure out what's important, what's what's the important things that's going to occur, and make sure you try to be around for those. And then you got to just block off. You got to just block off schedules, man. You got to block off your time. And then some things you can do at home. Something some sessions you don't even have to be at. So you got to pick and choose what's valuable, what sessions are valuable, what sessions aren't valuable, what what sessions can you miss. What sessions can't you miss? You know what I'm saying? Like something, you know, like when we were going to work for us for two weeks, I had to do. That's something I got to do because you never know what's going to come out of that. When it was time to go work with, I did the Rihanna session. I was in LA for a month. I had to do that. It, it turned out to to one of these. On, you get to hang the Grammy joints on your wall and stuff like that. Yeah. So had I not went, I'd been dead. I would never had nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? So certain things, you got to know what to go to. But then the key this was the key. We was doing a song uh, with Pleasure P in Atlanta, Georgia. And Keisha was like, I want to go to the studio and see what y'all be doing all this time. I said, cool. Get your coat. Let's go. We have to go to the lab. We working at this. So we leave the crib. We drive in the music house studio. It, was, it used to be a studio there called Music House, a big mansion where it's a studio. Mm-hmm. So I took, we, we were, and this, this was the exact session. This, that day is when we did boyfriend number two, which ended up going number one. So we get there. We and Keisha pull up. We get to the, uh, to the studio. We, you know, I, you know, Rico, everybody, Earl and Eric, you know, say what up, Keisha, blah, 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 whatever. You know what I'm saying? So we get to the studio. It is two o'clock in the afternoon, one thirty, two o'clock. We get there. So we started from scratch because we ain't, we just working from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so then Eric started playing just the chord progression, you know, and Keisha in the other rooms, like ping pong tables, it's all type of stuff to do at one o'clock PM. So the TV, everything. So now we getting into the mode of working. Rico right into the chord, just that Eric is playing. Earl is building out the beat. Pleasure walking around doing what he do. We clown and having a good time. Keisha laying on there watching TV. It's about eight o'clock at night. We just only got maybe we probably got the hook and the the first verse done. After why they still tweaking the production. We leave to go get something to eat. We go to some restaurant to eat. It's about eleven o'clock. We go back. We get pleasure. Get back in there. We recording. Now it's four in the morning. We still working on boyfriend number two. I go stand on the outside. I, I, I take. I say, hold on, man. Let me go see. Keisha knocked out on the couch. Seven thirty that morning. The next day, we finally done. Keisha said, "Yeah, I ain't on that. Y'all had this shit. I ain't you never gonna be coming to studio no more." <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was the first and last session she ever went to, bro. And that was back in. That was back. That was probably fifteen years ago. She's been back since. It's over. Wow. Sometimes you gotta take your significant other to the studio with you so they can see what really go on. And she, I, and I, she said, "Oh, go ahead, go ahead, bro." No, I'm saying that, that was it. That was it. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, I was just saying it, and I hear you as far as um, you know, kind of. Uh, wearing wearing it out, you know what I'm saying, in terms of what you should do and what you should not do. But uh, it also takes uh, not just anybody can handle that. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I, maybe maybe she knew what she was signing up for. You know what I'm saying? And then there's right. there's there's some relationships that that struggle um, when you when you're dealing with somebody that's in the entertainment industry. So shout out, you know, to, to Keisha because it, it takes a um, you know a certain type of, of of you know person to be able to handle that. Because some, right, some right, people right. might be like, hey, man, you know, I, I need you home. <laughs> right, right. For sure. That's a fact, so, bro. yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. But um, I wanted to also talk about, um, 
what tips uh, can you give an engineer to kind of stay sharp and ahead of the game? Um, like, are there any engineers that you follow and respect or learn from, or is it more so? It's, it's, it, it, it is. Uh, I, I like Jimmy Douglas. He's dope. Uh, I like uh, Ali. Mixed by Ali, he's dope. Um, I like, it's, it's an engineer that works with Danger. His name is Chad. He's dope. Um, it's, it's a lot of dope. And, I, and the thing is, I can tell good engineers right away. Because a lot of times mm. when I'm introduced, I'm introduced as a vocal producer or producer. I'm not in, introduced as an engineer team like nowadays. Back in the day, that's how it, but now I'm not, in, I'm not even introduced as that for the most part. So when I get in the room, um, it's an engineer already there that depending on what studio I'm going to. Nine times out of 10, I'm going to tell them they're going to have an easy day because I'm, I like to cut my own vocals. I don't even use the engineer. The engineer that's there just get paid for the day. But realistically, I'm gonna sit there and do everything myself. Like I was just, I was just in Miami for the last like like maybe a week and a week and a half, and the past a week and a half ago, and I engineered everything. I just didn't want nobody touch because it goes much faster if I do it instead of telling move this over there and I move it over there. Like just move, dog. Let me just do this, and then you could just watch or ask questions. But I, I pretty much got it. So to yeah. me, I I learned from other. Uh, Rob Marks, who's a mix engineer, he the truth. So I go sit in on him and just see what he does sonically. Because a lot of times, when if I record the song, let's say if I work with Rico and I and I'm engineering and vocal producing the song, then Rob is gonna mix it. So I just go to Rob at, after I send him the session to see what he changed of what I've done. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> it's gonna always have a good rough mix on it. But then I want to see what he. Sometimes he'd be like, "Man, this mix, uh, mixing the record behind you is the easiest money I ever made because all I got to do is tweak this, tweak that, and then I'm done." You know what I'm saying? Which is cool. Like that you, that's that to me. That's an ultimate compliment when you actually are the recording engineer and you give your session to the mix engineer. A lot of people feel e- uh, ego involved in that. To me, that's crazy. That's yeah. like complimenting your work when the mix engineer is like, "I hope you record all the songs that I get from." Uh, Beyonce, you know what I'm saying, or from Rihanna, or from whoever, you know what I'm saying, or from like we did some songs with Gucci Man. Like when they get to sessions, they be like, "Man, Marcella is a dope engineer too." That and Dan- she partnered with Danger. Like when sometimes she gets the sessions from me, she be like, "Yeah, this this was dope." She said, "I would," and then she'll say, "I would have changed you this plugin instead of that." But it, they do the same thing. It just this one gives you more of this or more of that. So. Mm. To me, that's you know that's on the engineering side. That's to me is a uh, is, is is big that you can you can get those compliments from those big you know quote unquote sure. big mixed engineers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, you you are uh, you are uh, you are dropping some nuggets. So like when you talk about characteristics, I was just thinking when you was talking, um, you said you can tell a good engineer. Right. Right away. How, right what away. is it that you can see? Right away when I look, when I come in the room and I'm looking at how the engineer, first of all, all engineers should have their own template. A template that they create where when it's time to record, all they got to do is pull it up and they're ready to go. Gotcha. Now, you will see my template. I can name numerous of people that record that that I don't want to say that think they're good because that's not the correct thing. But that wouldn't be able to create a template that use my template. Mm. There's a lot of people out here who people like his sound so clean. That's not his sound. That's my sound. He mm. just got my template, or she just got my template. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that because right. I give it to whoever. It don't. It don't matter. 
but there's a lot of people out here that have my template, especially in, in the city of Milwaukee. It, it's, it's my old, my old people using my old template, right? My 2011 template, they still using it right now. Wow. And it still sounds just as good in 2020. Right. I ain't gonna call no names because then it's gonna feel like I'm trying to take shots at people because it's not. Right. I actually gave it to these people. Sure, you know what sure. I'm saying? So I'm not saying nothing wrong with it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's really about checking out what they template entails. Checking out what they're using in their templates. It's plenty of people. That, any of my friends that record, that do music, they use my templates. Mario Brown uses my template because nine out ten, he's gonna give me the, to me anyway and ask me to mix it. So why he, wouldn't he use my template if he gonna call me and say, "Bro, I'm gonna send something to mix." Right. TC uses my template. That's my little bro. He used my template. You know, I can say them because I know they don't. They don't care. They're my them. That's family. Right. They right. both of them. Ike, the writer, uses my template. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't care that he, I want him to because I, when I need Ike to write something, guess who's going to, he going to do it. So, right. like, these are my, this is family. So, it's a lot of, and one time I was in a studio in LA and there's an engineer, he, he goes to, the, to open up a session to do his template and the template says C Notes template. Wow. 2015. Wow. But he didn't know that, that was it was C Note. <laughs> <laughs> so he using my template and not even, he got it from somebody not even knowing that I'm C-Note that's my and then when he opened it it was my template so I'm like man that template dope man how you get it like yeah my guy put this together blah 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 I'm like in my mind I'm like bro this is my template like the whole time like, <laughs> lied to me and looking like oh that's dope so why did you bust that there he's like well yeah you know cause I wanna make sure harmonically and I mean, he give me all this I said bro by the way <laughs> I'm Chad C. Note. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you had to see his face, bro. His face was, his eyes got big. I'm like, yeah, that's my template, dog. I just wanted to see what you was going to say. I don't care that you're using it because right. you're not me, but it was just a fact. And it was, this was 2018, and that was my 2015 template. Wow. I right. change my template every year. You know what I'm saying? Right. I where, add, add as a track. You know what I mean? So that's how I can tell is by the template. Wow. Where did, where did C. Note come from? What is the, the I was going to ask the same question. Where did the C note come from? Yeah. <laughs> when I was in, uh, okay, when I was in, uh, I went to uh, middle school and we used to ride bus. We used to ride the, I used to ride the bus to the middle school and we used to, I used to sing. And obviously, because my name is Chad, the C came from that. And then the note came from singing. Yeah. But then, my guy said to me, my guy Chuck said to me, I'm going to call you C-Note because you give 100% every time. So 100%, C-Note is $100 wow. in, in regular street terms. So he kind of like put that whole thing together with the note, the music, and then 100%. So that's what, because we all, we played baseball together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it came, it came from that. That's where it came from. When, and that was wow. middle school. You know what I'm saying? Middle school days. Wow. Right, I right, just, right. Just wrote it. I just wrote it to the wheels fall off. It worked out. <laughs> right, right. It's on album. It's on album credits here near you, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so man, one of the things that uh, we've had some man some phenomenal guests. Uh, um, I don't even want to start naming, but they work from the likes of Chris Brown to Usher and just major major people that's been on the show thus far. And uh, one of the recur reoccurring themes um, has been relationships. And each one has kind of talked about the the importance and the value of relationships. And one thing I know about you is that your name is good everywhere. Um, 100%. Can you speak to um, just the importance of uh, the, the value of relationships and why it's key in the industry? Definitely. So it's key because of two things. Um, first of all, how you build a relationship in a clean, they call it a clean face in the industry is if it's something you cannot do, say you cannot do it. 
if it's something that you say you can do and you're going to do it, do it. So that's one thing about me. If I say I'm going to do something for somebody, I just do it. Whether I want to do it, if I agree to it, I just go ahead and knock it out regardless. <clears throat> what people do is they, in the moment, they feel like they want to do it, but then something happens in their regular life and then all of a sudden they don't want to do it. They want something changes and then they go ghost. It's a lot of people that go ghost and what happens is opportunities go, will go ghost in the, in the future because they went ghost in the, right there. So to me, if you're going to do something, you say you're going to do something, just go ahead and follow it through regardless. It's, it's, I didn't make people records for $300. I didn't make people records for $3,000. One zone. It just depends on who it was at the time, what they needed, if I wanted to help it, if not. If I said I was going to do it, they got the same mix for $300 that they would have got at $3,000. So if you say you're going to do it, do it. And then another thing that I've learned is I deliver more than what I said I was going to do. So if I tell, if a record company calls me and says, I need to get this record. For example, I used to take my racks at one time. I was at a wedding. Me and my wife was at a wedding at one of my friends' wedding. Randy, my friend Randy, wedding, and we was uh at the reception. I get a call. It's TC. He like, yo, C, what you doing? I was like, I'm at my, my guy wedding. What's cracking? He like, man, I need to. Can you step out of the holiday for a minute? So I step out, and I'm like, what's going on, bro? He was like, hey, man, the engineer that said he was gonna mix Tamar album flaked out, and the album is due tomorrow. I'm like, dang, that's messed up, man. I hope y'all get it straight. He's like, no, I'm trying to get you to mix it. You know, I'm like, hold on, bro. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm trying to get you to mix it. I'm like, ah, oh, man. I'm like, man, I ain't, finna, I ain't gonna be able to mix no 12 songs in no one day. Yeah, y'all crazy. And then, so then he said, hold on, I want to click you in. So he clicked me in with Vince Herbert, which is her husband. He said, hey, Chad, how you doing? TC speak highly of you. Our engineer flaked on us. We need to get you to Atlanta. Because uh, we was in Milwaukee for the thing. We need to get you back to Atlanta to mix this, this mix this what's tonight. I said, when? It's like, tonight. I can't, but uh, I can do it tomorrow. I can't do it tomorrow because I got a session. Now, mind you, I'm lying. I have no session. <laughs> so I said, I can't miss this money. Right in my mind, opportunity popping up. So I can't miss this money. He was like, well, what was you going to make in your session? I said, five Gs, man, so I can catch up with y'all on Sunday. He's like, I'll give you the money. Mind you, I had no session. <laughs> so I'm like, cool. He was like, can you send me your rate to mix a song? To make your, your rate to mix one record, and then we'll just times it by twelve. I said, "Well, I normally get two G's a song." He said, "We'll take it." I'm lying. At the time, I wasn't getting two G's a song. I just want him to talk me down. He said, "We'll take it." So wow. I ended up getting a bankroll for mixing her album because somebody did not do what they said they was going to do, and what that did was create a relationship with me and Vince to this last. Thanksgiving out the blue, dude. Text me happy, happy Thanksgiving. Well, I don't like, know about the relationship. I don't know about the relationship now. You didn't told us that you didn't lie to the man. <laughs> I mean, listen, one thing about it. That was ten years ago. It don't matter. It is what it is. <laughs> I hope y'all learned something. But at the end of the day, it was a fact of that my relationship with him wasn't messed up. It was the person who said they could do something. Right. That couldn't do it. I never told him what I could and couldn't do. I told him what my numbers was, whether he he, he could have negotiated or not. That was on him. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. what it happened was. The, the the album was due that that Saturday that I got there, and we got the album done by that Tuesday. Me, Lashawn Daniels, and TC sat in there and knocked all the records out in four days. We damn near slept at this. We took shifts of sleeping in the studio, man. So that's what I mean by relationships. And we got it done. Tony, uh, Tamar, Tony, the whole they were shooting that family Braxton's family values. Thing. So all of them was there when we was doing the mix. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And at the end of the day, it ended up 
getting relationships with the, with the other sisters, other artists that that Vince had. He ended up hitting me up, and then it, it built a real strong bond with me and Lashawn Daniels too, because though, spending those many hours together for so long, it you know by the time we got to the last song, he was playing me "You Rock My World," Michael Jackson did all that of him singing it, and then what Michael did, then he was he was playing me stuff he did with Whitney and all that, so it built a, a strong relationship with us. So after that session. He, I felt like he was my friend because mm-hmm. he we felt we built a strong relationship. So anytime I go to LA, I would hit LaShawn up like, cheers, I'm in I'm in the city. Come out of lab. Then I end up getting a relationship with me, Warren Campbell, and all these other people through him. So it that Thank because you. someone did not do what they said they were going to do. Wow. Yeah. I was able to build another network of people because wow. somebody did not. So the reason why I told that story is because. If you don't do what you say you're going to do, somebody else has an opportunity to build the network off of your mistakes, off of your lack of taking the opportunity. And that happens. I would have never gotten the Rihanna stuff had I not t- uh, used my network with that I had with sounds to continue to, to move forward because of somebody else didn't do what they said they was going to do. So that's things of that nature. A lot of opportunities came to me because somebody else missed the opportunity. And had they not missed the opportunity, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity. So always under promise and over deliver. If you know you can get something, I knew I could get them them records done in a week. But I said, man, it's, y'all gonna y'all gonna have to give me ten days. I really got it done in four. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. so it made me look better. So his expectation wasn't until Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, to to the to the to the least that Saturday. Well, realistically, we got everything done on Tuesday, and it was mastered by Wednesday and done. So it's about that type of under promising and over delivering is key. Wow. You know what I mean, that's good. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Sir. I got a question um, for you. What yes, drives C note? What is the driving force behind C note and what do you do? What drives me is things that I'm interested in to this, in this point in my career, I only want to work on and do things that I like. So now it's not about a money grab or chasing money and none of that. It's really about doing things that I like. I haven't managed anybody in 75 years. A star artist that I liked, that I thought I can help take to the next level. So when when the people came to me to talk about managing her, I turned it down the first time because the artist was young. Now that she's older and, and more focused on music, I said, I want to, I want in because I think I got to put some pieces together with this. So then I jump in and do it. So I only do things that I like. I have to like, or otherwise I'm not doing it. I don't care what it is, who it is, whatever. I just turned the session down. If I said who it was, people are like, you got to be crazy. I don't want to be a part of that. I just don't like it. So if I don't like it, I don't mind missing whatever I was going to miss. So I just, that's, the, that's what drives me. Now, I have to be passionate about it. If it's something I ain't passionate about, I'm not going to do it, bro. I don't care what the number is on it. And then even and then people don't understand that sometimes I like what somebody's doing. So like uh, my homeboy Ryan, I never knew Ryan was an artist, right? Ryan Goodwin, I never knew he was an artist. So he had this song he sent me and said, "Man, I need you to mix this record." When I was doing all the mixes with people, right? So I'm mixing the record. I'm like, "Man, this joint jamming!" Like I actually like this. This jamming. I'm gonna mix the record for you, my my G. So just uh, send me to me and blah blah. blah. I'm gonna knock it out. I'm thinking it is his artist. Right. 
So I'm just mixing the record thinking it's his. It's him. I didn't even know it was him till I was done. I'm like, who is this? He like, it's me. I'm like, stop playing. I'm like, man, this joint jamming. You got a joint. Like, I just like the song, so I did it. Even though he was my guy, right. I actually genuinely, genuinely like the song. Sure. I said, bro, if you're trying to get your album mixed, you better catch it while I'm available because I actually like what you got going on. You, Ike, and all them got going on. I like it. But if you want to send it, you know what I'm saying? So I got to actually genuinely like it. Now, I actually like the song not knowing it was even him. I would have did it if he was like, this is me, bro. Can you knock me out? I'd be like, cool. This is on GP, whatever. But I actually enjoyed it. When I worked with, when I did Marlon Locke's album, I actually enjoyed the process of doing his album because he was known as one kind of artist. A, quart- a traditional quartet artist. Sure. I said to him, he said, can you meet with me? And when you get back in, in town, fly in, let's have a meet. We went to Carson's. I said, bro, I'm looking at you. You're in shape, young, ready, uh, preaching preacher. Why do you Why do you come across as an old man artist? Right. That's what I said to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he, he didn't get offended or whatever. I right. said, bro, if, if you work with me, I'm not doing none of that. Right. So if you really want to work with me, it's not going to be that. And he was like, bro, I always had a vision of doing gospel gumbo. I said, well, now you in the right place. That's what you want to do. But I'm not, anything I do with Quartet, do it with whoever else who you did it with because I that's not what I do. I said, I want to make you fly because when you preach, what you're preaching about, you make people believe what you're preaching about, even though you got an old soul when you're up there preaching, but you fly when you're preaching. You look like you about to go do a modeling gig or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I was explaining to him, that has to translate in your music. So then when I did his his Unleashed, what we, the, the songs we came up with was crazy because I literally would pick apart his song and just rearrange it. It was literally like I had a hit throw a puzzle on the table, and then I just put this part there, this part there, this part there. Me, Twan, Antoine Reynolds, and Josh Brown, we would put the pieces together as a unit. And us three, you know, so that that's that was the team. That's my team. So that's who that's what we did. So I have to I have to like what's going on. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I, I you know how I decide what I want to do. Anytime somebody got a new artist, I prefer to work with work with new artists than established artists. Established artists, you you gonna make money, but new artists, if you break a new artist, artist, you gonna be rich, you're gonna be wealthy, and that's the difference. Established artists, they're not gonna give you the credit. Oh, it's only a good song because Rihanna sang it. But what if I wouldn't have had these melodies here or this arrangement? It wouldn't matter. She got songs that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? So they don't want to give you your credit because the artist is big. artist is a huge artist, but they'll give you credit when it's a new artist. Sure. Like yeah. I remember, I worked with a I worked with somebody who would, nobody thought was an artist. Just to prove a point, I worked with with uh, Shapri one time. I did a song with her. Nobody believed she was an artist. They say she couldn't sing. They had all hate. When I when we did that song with her and it was jamming, they had to say, "Well, they can hate on everything else, but that one song she did with Cino was jamming." That's all that matter. That's all that I just want to prove because to me, you can't be a vocal producer or producer. If you produce Brandy, anybody can do that. Brandy can do it herself. Right. Can see Brandy. Right. But can you get in the studio with other artists? I can't say their names because then it, it might mess up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. think of other artists who may not be as vocally there as a Brandy yeah. or may not be as big as a Beyonce or a Rihanna. But then you get in with this artist and do the same thing and they be like, what in the heck? Like we just did a, a, a I was in Miami. Me and Rico just did a, a flip of Jagged Edge Gotta Be. But we did it with the artist who's an LGBT female artist, but you know what I'm saying? So, but she's more like a masculine side. 
And when I got through cutting the song on her, she's like, I ain't never sounded like this. The CEO of the record label said, bro, can you do her whole album with the vocals? I said, it depends on when it is, if my schedule allow it. But this, he had to come in there like, ooh, well, how did you make her sound like this? That's what I do. Because she's not a singer-singer, but she can sing. You know what I'm saying? True. True. So it's, to me, that's when you're a vocal producer. You're not no vocal producer if you make Mario sing. He can sing anyway. He don't need you to be there. That's right. not that don't, that don't mean you good. But can you make me sing? You know what I'm saying? I can sing, but you know what I'm saying? I ain't no singer like, no, like that no more. Can you get me in the booth and make me go ham? If you could do that, then you could, you know you know what you're doing. So that's how I judge people it, it, with, with the skill ability. Because it's easy, it's easy to win games when you got LeBron. Right. Who can't? Well, you, you got LeBron, bro. You supposed to win. Or Kawhi, you supposed to win. You got Giannis, you supposed to win. But when you got what's the name now? Because you don't even know who their names are. Can you win now? You right. know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. That's right. That, right. To me, that's how, you know, that that's my thing is to work with things that I'm actually passionate about, people that I, I, I that I think that people are doubting. It sounds like to me, like you are into like vocal producing. Like, is that where like your creative juice That's where it started with me, bro. I only became an engineer. I only engineered because people were messing up my vocal production. Gotcha. That's the only reason why I even really did the engineering part, bro. When we was being a group, I would be we would, I would be saying this yo no we could do this no I think we should do this Mario could tell you I always been like that I didn't know it was work production right, right but I knew how to find arrangements I knew that part that that's just a gift I had right. so that's how I started for real yeah. and then it went over into engineering because cats was not doing the sonics correctly to what I was looking I was listening when I would do a certain arrangement. And the tail end fall off. I was looking for a delay that follow behind it, but sure. I didn't know what it was called. We used to call it echo. It's not called an echo. It's called it's a delay. delay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so certain things that I was looking for sonically that people wouldn't catch it. I was like, man, I got to figure out how to do this so I can make it sound like how I want to sound, how I hear it in my head. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that's what made me become an engineer. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, um, thoroughly enjoying this this podcast, man. Really? You've been dropping a lot of jewels. Um, I wanted to ask you before we wrap up, man. Um, God forbid something were to happen, you happen to you tomorrow, tonight. Um, yeah. uh, what What do you want to be remembered for if you was if you was to leave here tonight? Wow. Yeah, that's, that's what's up. Well, I want to be leaving. One thing I will want to be know. I will want the people to know if I left here tonight. We ain't gonna. We ain't got to do no GoFundMe's over here. You hear me? Because we got, we got we got some good old insurance over here, Doc. You hear me? Yeah, man. For y'all young people out there, get y'all some insurance now. In case you kick that old bucket, we ain't go fund you with wings on your back. Talk about support my new shotgun because he, you know, we need twenty five dollars. So first and foremost, get your insurance together. Okay, now that that's out the way. I'm just saying it happens every day. Man sitting there with the money up to his ears, but then they got to do a GoFundMe to, to bury him. Do that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. It don't make it to me. Amen. You know what I'm saying? That's a message, Doc. Now, I will receive offering. You can cash at me. We'll put, we put it across the screen. So that's first and foremost. But in all seriousness, though, yeah. um, what, what, what will be my legacy will be is the things I've done for people that people don't even know. There are a lot of people in the music industry right now that, have had, that has had help from C-Note. And what what they are doing, what they have done in the industry comes back to the relationships and the sometimes the toolage of me. There are people who will say, I learned this from him. I learned how to vocal produce. Uh, like we was in the studio the other day. Rico was just telling somebody, Chad, Pierre is, is like where I got my vocal production. Sounds the same. 
Now, when I did start vocal producing, this is where I got that mill tone to say, I got blah, blah, blah. I just seen him in, in, in Sean in Miami. And he was, you know, running the game. Now, Sean hinting to say, I got such and such and such, such. So to me, the uh, legacy that I lead is the ability to sow into people. And that's something that I don't care who it is, if they had an opportunity to spend an hour or so with me, they'll say it that he, he, I'll get people that come back later, years later, and I don't even remember saying what I said to them. And they were like, man, we had this conversation and you, we was at the barbershop and you said blah, 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 blah. Or uh, I was, uh, in, we were in the airport and I saw you in this city in the airport and we talked and you said blah, blah, blah. Or we were on a plane together and you said blah, 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 blah. That to me is the legacy that I leave. It ain't got nothing to do with no money, no flash, none of that other stuff. It's really about what I sow into people is really the legacy that I will leave. And to me, one of my, one of my major things is you, a legacy is not what you leave for people. It's what you leave in people. So to me, that's key because the things you leave for people will eventually get old. They will get tired of it. But what you leave in them is what lasts until yeah. forever because it's exponentially growing. Because if I sow something in you, then you sow something in Jamie and then Jamie sow something in Maddie and so on and so forth. So it continues to go on and on and on and on and on. So that's to me the key. That's the key uh, of, of my legacy, man. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I just wanted to say, you know, publicly, man, you know, um, not even you don't need to know this or hear this, but um, you've been consistent, bro. I think one of the things that I will remember you for always, you know, is just being consistent and being genuine and uh, just being giving, man. Like one of the most giving pe- people that I know. I mean, there's a lot of people and he won't tell you, but, you know, a lot of people come with their hands out and C-Note has has been a giver to many, many people that he doesn't really get the credit for. So, man, I just want to let you know that I appreciate you, man. Thank you for being who you are, being consistent, man, being a father to my children, and uh, just a brother, man, just an all-around great guy, you know, that goes so far because because of who you are, I'm who I am. So, I, you know, just being around and having a relationship and just over time, man, and just thank you, bro, for just being, you know, who you are and being consistent and, um, um, you know, even with this endeavor with the podcast, man, um, you know, I don't take it for granted. I treat you like everybody else has been on here because you've earned, right. your, you've earned your keeps, you know what I'm saying? So I respect you um, to the highest degree. And, um, you know, we support you. Want to uh, keep pushing whatever you got going. I want you to um, share your social media handles and, you know, those type of things for people that w- may want to keep up with you that are not already connected to you. No doubt for everything is Chad C. No Roper because like you said, I'm consistent. So I don't want you to go look at me as Sea Dog over here and Boom Boom over there. And then over here, I'm Chad. So on all social media platforms, it's Chad C. No Roper. If you cut them up and on my, you know, my pages is pretty much inspiration or some laughing. Just it, one of the two is either be laughing at something or we, uh, inspiring somebody. That's it. That's really it for the most part. You can learn some things, you can get some jewels so often sprinkled on you know what I mean every I try to do I never consistent with that with weekly things you know week one week three week 31 like for example this is week 31 and it's about aim aim and meaning affirmations get you an affirmation in the morning be inspired by something and be motivated by something every day this week to see how your week go if it work we did we if it don't work okay at least we try something good if it do yeah. work we win it. So that's how, that's what I try to do. I try to give people different things weekly that I give. I don't just give it to you. I give it to me. 
works. So we do yeah. it together. You know what I mean? And that's how I like to do it. I like to make sure that it's a we thing and not a me thing. And that's how I am. I grew up as a baseball player, one of the top baseball players in the country. And and playing baseball is about a, it's nine people, it's nine players on the field. Everybody got to be on. If your shortstop tripping, your game is over with. If your pitcher lacking, it's a done deal. If the catcher can't stop a bat, a ball every time somebody get, get on first, they guaranteed to get second. You know what I'm saying? And it's not in scoring position. So to me, it's a team game. Life is a team game. If you don't understand that life is a team game, it won't be a long game for you. Most yeah. of the time, things don't last long because you don't understand that it's a team. Everything is a team game, unfortunately. So you got to yeah. make sure you understand the concept. Yes, sir. You got your big sound hat on tonight, man. But um, believe it. It's, it's another one. Dreams never expire, man. I, I we even we didn't even touch that. But oh, um, just real yeah, briefly, you know, man, talk about the dreams that never expire and where that came from. So dreams never expire. It just came to me one night. It was like three in the morning. I had just came. Was riding in the car from the studio, and on the way home on on, on uh, two eighty five, coming from Patchwork, and um, it was a you know how we always laugh at the different preachers that late at night. So on the radio, it was a preacher. It was the dude who said a prayer handkerchiefs. I can't think of dude now. Yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about it. And he'd be like, he'd be like, he like God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And one time he said, uh, whatever God got for you, it will never expire. Now this is the dude we used to be crying laughing at. Yeah. When he said that, it yeah. just stuck with me. And yeah. uh, and then I was like, whatever God has for you never expires. So as I'm driving, I'm like, God gives you dreams. And that's something he has for you that he can actually, because God's not going to give you something that he can't afford. Mm. When I, I say he can't afford, not you, yes, wow, that right. he can't afford. Wow. So if he gives you something, he can afford it. That's why he gives it to you. It's on Dang. you to figure out how you can afford it, but through your work. And that's what we don't do. A lot of times we say stuff don't happen for us is because we're not looking. The, the credit line is already given to you. But <laughs> what you're not doing is filling out the application. You know what I'm saying? So yes, you got to fill sir. out that application. God gave you the credit line. You got to fill out that application so that he can approve it. Stamp that approval on it and move forward. So that's where I got it from. I, I, I heard him say that God never gives you things that, that he gives you things and they will never expire. So I'm like, God gives all of us a dream and that will never expire because he gave it to us because he can pay for it. And he gives us the credit line. You got to just fill out the application and get approved. And that to me is where it came from. And that was my concept. Wow. So you got to make sure to all the people out here in podcast, MJB, uh, podcast land that you gotta make sure you complete the application and how do you complete the application you have to do the work if you do not do the work you're only putting three of the nine uh, uh, of the nine digits that you may have to enter you're not you're not putting the seven digits of the uh, phone number you're putting five you know what I'm saying you're mm -hmm. not writing the full street address you're forgetting the zip code. It's something you're forgetting because you're not finishing the work. And each area, your name is a whole nother one work. Your address is a whole nother set of works. Your social security number is a whole nother set of works. Your EIN, whatever you use. You know what I'm saying? So you got to make sure you fill out the entire application so that it can use that stamp of approval can go on. And then once you get the credit and you got approved and you start to see your dreams come, now you have to continue to consistently make sure you keep your debt ratio down so that you don't have bad credit. And what does that mean? Make sure you take in the opportunities that are given to you that you agree to so that your credit doesn't de 
start to decline because you're not holding up your end of the bargain. That's a part of doing the work. And that's how dreams never expire as long as you continue to do the work. Bishop Bars. Just call me Bars, cuz. You dig? Bars. I need y'all to give me this clip so I can post it on my page. You hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely going to. We got to play this clip over and over, man. Man, Yeah, man. You left me speechless, bro. You left me speechless. Right? Now, what am I offering that again? How do I put this thing into this office? That's good stuff, man. Hey, man, we appreciate you, Jay. I don't know if you got anything else, but, you know, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, man. Anything you want to share before we... I just, I just, uh, I want to thank Chad for coming on. Yeah, when we go to the barbershop and we got a haircut, shout out to Mark Harris, who was getting our haircut. Uh, He was dropping knowledge like that in the barbershop. So this dude is the truth. If you know him, follow him. Uh, he's, I know he's going to give out his hashtags and all that stuff. You know, he's giving it all already, but uh, this is a good dude, good brother. I, when I, well, I don't know him as long as Mario, but what I have communicated to when we have been in contact and communicated, he's been a solid dude all the time. And so I just appreciate it about you. Oh, yeah. So, oh, bro. yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you, bro, for joining us, man. Maybe we can get you on um, in the future sometime, as well as some of those contacts you got, brother. We need them on the show. We yeah, man. I, I, I got a couple because I, I want I want y'all to get danger. I want y'all to get danger because if danger could talk to these producers, man, and that's my that's like family. I'm going to reach out to danger and see if he can do it. Um, but I, I really want y'all to get danger, bro, because if y'all could do that, that's going to be big because this dude is such a genius, bro. It's mm. unreal. Like, he was just playing me some new stuff. I'm like, where do you come up with this? So, <laughs> I, I'm going to try to get y'all danger. Like, you can get Rico. That's easy. But I want y'all to get danger, too. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm saying? Because yeah. you got a relationship. We, got, we, we can get Rico for sure. But I'm definitely going to get y'all danger. That's going to be big, bro. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, JB, we did it, man. Yes, sir. Uh, this is down. what? Episode 10. We knocked out tonight. No, it's like 11, yeah, bro. We, we be killing them. Yeah, man. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Behind the scenes of greatness, man. It takes a lot to put these together. So we just ask that you all will continue to support by sharing, by subscribing. We are on Apple Podcasts now. So you can catch each and every episode, man, with some of these geniuses. Like I said, they're giving free game, giving you insight into what goes on behind the scenes. And it's coming to you through MJB Music with JB Podcast. So we want you guys to continue to share. We're looking at the numbers, y'all. Numbers don't lie. So we need y'all to uh, stop what you're doing. Go ahead, subscribe now on Apple Music. All you got to do is search MJB Music with JB Podcast. Hit that subscribe. Even if you don't listen, we need them numbers up. So y'all can get uh, notified every time we're live, every time we're we're doing something. So we want you guys uh, to continue to support us. If you have questions, we want you to start to get those in ahead of time so we can uh, ask them to our guests. also, um, what we decided to do was to do this in seasons. Okay, so uh, James, maybe you can kind of describe what I'm what I'm saying as far as the season. Absolutely. So we're gonna do 15 episodes for this season. Uh, that's gonna be our season one, and then we're going to go into season two, which will be a a couple of weeks later. So it'll give us some time to prepare for our season two. But uh, we ex- we expect nothing but greatness as we continue to go on and move on. So we're going to do it in seasons. You're going to be have every everything will be available on Apple uh, Podcast. Uh, and so yeah, subscribe, subscribe now. Tell your friends, tell your producer friends, tell your engineer, tell your your, your vocal producer, tell everybody that you know that's in the music everybody. industry and wants to. Get, get good at what they do and really can get some knowledge about what they do. So tell them to subscribe. It's going to be good, good stuff. 
For sure. And like we say, man, our model was more than a song because it's easy to make a song, but there's so many things that go around that in order to be successful. So um, even for tomorrow, we got Reggie Brown that's going to be on the show. Reggie Brown. Um, he's going to be talking about how to get on the radio and what doesn't make it on the radio and talk about his, um, you know, things that helped him to get to where he is. Um, also, you guys might not see this coming, but we got a makeup artist who's, uh, well, I call it a celebrity makeup artist. Yeah. Keisha yeah. Roper will be on the show on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. So excited, man. Wait till y'all just just even hear from Keisha, man. She's just she's just hilarious. But we love her and um, can't wait to talk to her. She'll, she'll be able on here giving tips on different products that you can use because, you know, it, it's about that, too. You know, we got to make sure that we can 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 give the artist the whole development that we're, that they need. Absolutely. So uh, we got a photographer coming on on Thursday. And then on Friday, we got another artist so that's coming. So like I said, man, y'all just continue to stay tuned. Um, tag a producer, tag an artist, tag anybody in the industry or anybody just wants to know, period, just how, you know, things happen. Because although this may be music entertainment, you know, these are things, life lessons that you just heard from Chad that applies to life. You know what I'm saying? Like these are valuable tools that you get um, just that you can apply in whatever industry that you're in. So make sure you join us. And again, we appreciate you. And uh, till next time, we'll holler. We out.